Hi, this is Pastor Brenda Maurer. I just wanted to take a moment before we start this final week of our series and just say thank you for tuning in. Um, I kind of give you a, just my heart behind this series, Happy Days. I just wanted to be able to put together a few weeks for us to really be able to focus on how we as Christians can live many happy days here in the land of living, like David said in the Psalms, that we can live many happy days. And all we have to do is know that mastering our mouth, you know, uh, walk what we talk, you know, seek after doing good and, and turn from evil and be fighters for peace, that we can have those many happy days. Jesus wanted us to live happy days. It's inviting. It's compelling to those who aren't Christians yet when they see a happy Christian to know they want that kind of a life too. And we don't have to go through life moping and trying to hang on and get from trial to trial, but we can go from glory to glory knowing that God is in the storm. Jesus is in our boat that we have been given his peace. He said, I give you my peace so that you can kick back in those storms when they come in your life and be able to enjoy many happy days. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. So I just want to encourage you as you listen to this last week uh, fighting for peace, know that it is God's purpose and God's plan for you to live many happy days. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. I ask that you go ahead and click that button right there that says subscribe so that every week the message will be waiting for you and you can share it. Go ahead and rate it. Give us some feedback. Let us know what we can do maybe to make things better or maybe a topic you would like us to talk about as well. Maybe we can do those outside of Sunday's messages and just be able to talk specifically on those topics for you. But let's get started this week as fighters for peace. Turn your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3 and let's dig in together. Thank you. All right. Well, let me just say a special thank you to Isaiah for that operatory song. Tyler just has been going off on... Um, the weekday when I take them to school, I make sure that there's a praise music in the blazer as I take them. So the last thing they hear before they step into their missions field is God. And God has a plan for their life. So we've been playing that song. Um, Wake up, child. Your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. And when that guy started growling, yelling in that song, Tyler would get all giddy. And I'm like, what's the problem, buddy? He said, that's exciting. And I said, well, Isaiah sings that song. No, he doesn't sing it like that. And I said, oh, he will. So Isaiah sung it just for Tyler. He walked out to children's ministry just giggling, shaking his head. So thank you, Isaiah, for that. Well, today is our last day to talk on our series, Happy Days. I'm so excited. We're wrapping up this series, not because we're wrapping up this series, but because it is the last day and we have taken our time to go through what it means to 
have and be able to live many happy days because it's here in the living. You know, David said that in the Psalms that he said, I, I want to be able to see your good deeds, God, here in the land of the living. And we can enjoy many happy days. Uh, if you can, please turn over. If you can't have a friend turn to the scripture, First Peter chapter 3, I said by now you should have it memorized. It's just a great scripture that we've been focusing on. It's been our key scripture for these last four weeks. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. It says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted, and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will bless you for it. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. So let's just recap the last few weeks. The first week we talked about what does it mean to be happy. We learned that happiness is a feeling, but joy is a mindset. True happiness is not the goal you seek. It's the byproduct of choosing what's right. And it takes courage to have happiness. We learned that through the Beatitudes. And Jesus promised to give us his joy, that joy that carried him through the cross. He said, that joy that was marked before me, I endured the cross. He wants to give us that joy. The second week, we talked about mastering your mouth. We learned that there's a difference between the tongue and the lips. The tongue speaks the evil or whatever is in your heart. But the lips... When it speaks lies, it because it puckers up and tries to make itself look better than it is. And it wants to tell lies or, boy, it just spits out pride is what it does. So there's a difference between your tongue and your lips. We learn that the mouth is small but deadly for some of us. Some of us is bigger than others. But the little saying about sticks and stones may hurt our bones, but words will never. That's a lie. That's a lie. You can't take back your words. Oh, you sure, you can say I'm sorry, but you can't ever take them back. They're there to stay. So your mouth is small, but it is deadly. We learned that our heart is the well of our mouth. We learned whatever's in your heart will come out of your mouth. You can try to control it. You can try to stop it. But it will eventually come out because it's already in your heart. Jesus said you'll know a person. You'll know a tree by its fruit, same as with a person. You'll know who that person really is by what they say because it will come out of who they are. And that we need to put in what we want to come out. Fill your life with good things. Think on good things. Stop worrying about what not to say and start filling your life up with things that you want to come out. They will naturally come out then. I constantly am listening to praise music. 
Um, I'm listening to podcasts. I let my Bible read to me through my iPad or on my phone. I love being able to wake up and the first thing that comes to my mind is always a praise song. As soon as my mind starts kicking in from the morning, it's already singing glory to God. I love that, but it's because I worked to put it in there. If I didn't work to put it in there, it wouldn't naturally come out. So put in what you want to come out. Last week we talked about walk what you talk. And we specifically dealt with Christians. Because Christians, boy, they say they're a Christian, but when they leave the door, sometimes they live like everybody else. And so we learned what it really means to be able to walk what you talk is to know who you are, your true identity. And as Christians, our true identity is that you are not your own. You are not your own. When you surrendered your life to God, you handed over the keys to your Pinto and you took his keys to his new Cadillac. And he gave you an owner's manual to learn how to drive that and how to keep it maintained with a lifetime warranty on it. But your life is not your own. You are a new creation. We are a new creation. When we say we are Christ, we can't live like somebody else's. We are a new creation. You can't live a double life. You'll never be happy. Remember, happiness, true joy, comes as a byproduct of choosing what's right. When you're living a double life, you can never be happy. Sure, sin is fun for a season, but it will eventually break down, leaving you stranded, hurt, and lost. If you try to drive that new car like you did your old Pinto by not taking it in for its tune-ups, not putting in the oil changes when they're supposed to be put in, not maintaining it the way it should be maintained, that Cadillac will crash and burn too, just like the old one. You are yoked to Christ. When you are yoked to Christ, he does the pulling. You get to stand beside him and do the walking. But you just have to walk beside him. Stay yoked to him. He's doing the pulling. Following his lead. First Peter 4, we learn that those who are willing to suffer for Christ's cause find it easier to resist sin and to follow God's will. Listen, as a result, the pull of sin is made insignificant and God's will paramount. When you suffer, when you say no to things, and the Bible also says that he gives you the power to say no no to things, and to live a godly life. You don't even have to do it on your own. He's already given you the power inside you. But the minute you start saying no to those things, sin's pull can't pull you anymore. The desire to sin isn't there anymore. Boy, when I first quit smoking, it was like everything I saw, every smell I smell, everything reminded me of how much I love to smoke. Just want to keep smoking. But now, 20 years later, it doesn't bother me. I can set with smokers. It doesn't bother me. My mom's a smoker. I love you, mom. She's probably listening. I love you, mom. <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me. I don't, you know, sit there, you know, biting my nails thinking I need to get one. I need to get one. That, that pull's not there anymore. The more you say no to certain things, the less it will, it will eat at you and want you to do it. So it becomes insignificant when you're yoked to Christ and say no to those things that he already gave you power to do. And the fourth thing that you are, your identity, is you are who God says you are. 
Your mistakes, your failures don't define you. God defined you before you were ever created. You are who God says you are. The two words I pulled out was you are redeemed and you are justified. If you can't find any other two words for yourself, then you are redeemed and you are justified. Redeemed means bought with a price. You are bought back to God and you are justified. The way I remember what that, that word means is it's just as if I had never sinned. I'm justified. I am redeemed. And our application last week was to make a list. One side, make a list of who you say you are, and boy, will that fill up fast. I know exactly who I am. I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side, find who God says you are. If you think you're timid and weak and scared, God says he has not given you a spirit of fear. So you are bold. You are fearless. And then find the scripture to go with that. So on the one side, you might have a list of all the rotten things you think you are. But on the right side, you'll see that you are a child of God. You are more than a conqueror. You are redeemed. You are justified. You are a daughter. You are a son of the most high God. On and on and on. And then go ahead and fold that in half. And never look at that other side again. Because you are who God says you are. And then today, I want to finish this series by talking about fight for peace. And I want to show you this video. It's the story behind the song, I'll Praise You in the Storm by Casting Crowns. I like that he said that God takes you through those storms at times so that he can teach you the peace to give other people the peace. You can sympathize with somebody when you've lost a loved one who's losing a loved one. Because you've been through that storm, you can sit down with them and you can share with them and encourage them. I'm on the other side of the storm. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yes, the waters are going to be deep. Yes, the waves are going to be tall. But God is your anchor and he'll keep you through the storm. If you want to see many happy days, search for peace and work to maintain it. Verse 11 in the message says, run after peace for all your worth. The amplified version says, let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts, and seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow men, and with yourself, but pursue them, go after them. Matthew Henry said, it is the duty of Christians not only to embrace peace when it is offered, but to seek and pursue it when it is denied. Peace with societies as well as peace with particular persons in opposition to divisions and contention is what he is here intended. So it's not just peace when all is peaceful. But it's seeking after it, going after it, for all your worth, even in the face of the biggest storms in life. Fighting for peace sounds like an oxymoron, like <laughs> jumbo shrimp. Awfully nice. Better than new. A neat mess. Genuine imitation. Act naturally. Bittersweet. A silent scream. A near miss. 
sanitary sewer, or baggy tights, fighting for peace doesn't sound like what we really understand it to be. You see, uh, you don't just search for it and set back and hope it comes. You search for it. You fight for it at times. You see, fighters of peace are not avoiders. I think this is key to understand. This world would have you believe that peaceful people are the ones that just avoid conflict. I want to talk to you about fighters for peace because they'll pursue it. They'll run after it. They'll confront it. They'll dig at the heart of it. They'll do whatever it takes to find the peace, to get to the peace and then maintain the peace. They're not just avoiders. They go after it. They search for it. They fight for it and they maintain it. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be troubles. There will be storms. Don't ever forget that God is the God of the storms. That Jesus is in the boat when the storm is raging. And if Jesus can sleep through the storm, and he said, my peace is what I want to give you, you can have rest in the storms. You can set back in the boat, kick back your feet, I don't understand where the wind's coming from. I don't understand why the waves are crashing against my boat. But I know God's in the storm and Jesus is in my boat. And I can have peace too. You see in Romans 8.37, it says, In all these things we are more than conquerors. Not in spite of these things. Not around these things. Not if we can hide from these things. But in these things. In all these things we are more than conquerors. John 16.33 says, Jesus said, I have told you the, these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be unflinching. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Have peace. Have confidence. Know that sure the storms will come, but I have overcome it. I have taken, taken, deprived it of the power to harm you. I want to look at five characteristics of fighters for peace. They believe the best. They trust. They're not easily offended. They're quick to forgive and they're reconcilers. Let's look at that together. They believe the best. They're optimistic. Their glasses never, what is it? Half empty. Their glass is always half full. They're optimistic. If they see the storm coming in, they say, oh, look at the beautiful waves. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, look at the rain. Boy, we needed some rain. They're optimistic. They believe the best, even in the worst of situations. They believe the best, even in the worst of people. 
They believe the best in their kids, even in the worst of their kids. They believe the best in their spouse. They believe the best. They believe the best. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be born optimistic. You're saying, well, I'm just a realist. I just like looking at things the real way. If they've always done that, they'll always do that. God said right here in this scripture that if you trust him, he will give you the power of the Holy Spirit to have a confident hope. You can have a confident hope in the worst of storms, in the worst of people, in your kids, in your spouse, whatever it is, in God. You don't have to be born optimistic. You just have to trust God, and he'll give you that confident hope, the power to be optimistic. Fighters for peace are trusting. I've shared this before, and I'll keep sharing it because it's so important. Andy Stanley did a little podcast that's called um, Trust Versus Suspicion. When there's a gap in communication, which is usually what happens, um, you're driving down the road, you see a person holding a sign that says, uh, without a job, we'll work for food or need money, whatever. You drive by them. Do you know that person? No. Do you know their situation? No. There's a gap. There's a lack of communication. You don't know some information about them. So then in that gap, you can choose to place suspicion there or trust there. So a suspicious person would say, he's a bum. He's lazy. I saw three help wanted signs coming through town right now. Why don't he go get a job? A believing person, a person that would trust, would say, I'm sorry they're going through that. Let me stop and see. Ask him. They'll find out. They want to know. I want to trust him. I'm going to pull up by there. What's going on in your life? I'm trying to get my to my kids who live in Florida. My daughter's dying. She's on her deathbed. I just need money to get there. I'll work if I have to. Tell me what I can do at your house. I'll work. I just need more money to keep going. I've got to get to Florida to see my daughter before she dies. See, there's a huge difference when there's a lack of communication in that gap that you choose to place trust or suspicion in your partner. In a marriage, when there's a lack of communication, you choose all the time to put trust there or suspicion. When you don't know all the information, stop and ask them. Don't just wait and let Satan have a heyday in your mind and next thing you know, you're thinking these suspicious thoughts about your own spouse. That 99% of the time is not even true. Satan has a heyday in those gaps. We are supposed to be a people that is trusting. As Christians, as fighters for peace, we must be trusting. We must trust God in everything. Trust God in everything. He works everything out. Romans 8.28 all things work together for the good to those who love 
God, who are called according to his purpose. That's, that's faith. God, I don't know why the storm's in my life right now, but I trust you. God, I don't have the information right now why my spouse is doing X, Y, Z, but I trust you. I trust them. And I'll find out, Lord, if there's something in my life I need to change and maybe I created this storm myself, I'll change. If there's a lack of communication with my spouse and there's that gap there, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to step forward and find out so I can trust them. Have the faith to trust God. Vance Havner said, Faith doesn't wait until it understands. In that case, it would not be faith at all. Faith trusts even when it doesn't know. Trust. A fighter for peace is not easily offended. My grandma used to say it, and I'd hear and I'd listen because whatever, even either in her head or when she was on the phone and something happened, she'd hang up the phone and say, water off the duck's back. Just water off the duck's back. Let it roll off you. When people accuse you or when people, you know, say things against you or whatever it is, person pulls out in front of you, whatever it is, or the cashier's taking 20 minutes to get through the, you know, you through the grocery store checkout, whatever it is, water off the duck's back, you choose to take the offense or not. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get offended. Water off the duck's back. Psalms 119 verse 165 says, great peace have they who love your law, nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Great peace. Have they who love your law, nothing shall offend them. So they're not easily offended. Number four, they're quick to forgive. They're not arrogant. They're not prideful. They don't keep records of wrongs. They're quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Fighters for peace are quick to forgive. Remember Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But, but, if you don't, if you don't forgive those, then your Father will not forgive you. Harsh, but so true. You have to choose to forgive. You have to be quick to forgive. And you have to be a reconciler. Here it is. Here's the peace. Here's the going after it. Here's the digging it up. Here's not the person that just sets back and avoids it. This is the one that's going to go after it. And sure, it might be uncomfortable at first, but I'm going to keep at it until I get to that reconciling part and there's peace again. No one likes animosity. No one likes contention. No one likes, well, no one should, like fights. It's horrible. You feel awful. Sure, it might feel good to just kind of blurt it out at first, but then afterwards you're starting to feel awful. But a fighter for peace will not walk away from it and let it go undone. You have to keep at it, fight for it, until you can get reconciled and there's peace again. Bringing people together. That's our job. Let me show you in Ephesians chapter 2. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. It was put to death. We don't have to live with hostility. Jesus bore that on the cross so that we could have peace with each other. And we're asked to pursue it, to fight for it, to maintain it. Remember in the Beatitudes, we looked at that a couple weeks ago. Verse 9 said, Blessed, which means enjoying inevitable happiness, spiritual prosperity, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition. Blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called sons of God. You want to be God's child, right? You want to be called his son, his daughter. Then you have to pursue peace. Work to maintain it. Be fighters of peace. So fighters of peace believe the best. They trust. They're not easily offended. They're quick to forgive and they're reconciled. Don't be avoiders. Fight for peace. Fight for peace in your family. Fight for peace in your friendships. Fight for peace in your neighborhood. Fight for peace. Bringing God and man back together. Fight for those who are lost, who feel like they, they have uh, animosity, that there's animosity between them and God that doesn't exist. It, it was crucified. Jesus died so there would be peace. There would be one body. We need to fight for them to come back to God. Reconcilers. Philippians 4. I like this. It tells us what we need to do in order to experience that peace, that peace. It says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. I'm working on a message right now that's, I've got it titled just right now that just says worry. There's so much in that. When we worry, we don't trust God. When we allow worry to come and doubt to come into our mind, we're saying, I don't trust you, God. God says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's already done. Then, verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How can you make it through the storm when the storm comes? How can you rest in the boat when Jesus is asleep in the boat? He has rest and he says, I want to give you the peace that I'm having right now in the midst of the storm. 
He said, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Thank God for what he's already done. Then you'll have that peace. Then that peace will guard your heart and mind. You won't be tempted to worry. You won't be tempted to doubt. Because God's peace will guard your heart and mind. So let's just wrap this up. Summary of the series. Here it is. So you want to enjoy life and see many happy days? Know the difference between happiness based on feelings and joy being a mindset. You choose joy. You choose joy. Master your mouth. Walk what you talk and fight for peace. Matthew Henry summed up this, these scriptures that we've been looking at, verses 8 through 12, and he said, Here we are given an excellent prescription for a comfortable, happy life in this quarrelsome, ill-natured world. Your prescription. He shows that Christians need not fear that such patient, inoffensive behavior, as is prescribed, will invite and encourage the cruelty of their enemies. For God will thereby be engaged on their side. Here's those last couple verses that we looked at. or I mean, last verse, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. See, God takes special notice of those. He exercises a providential, constant government over them and bears a special respect and affection to them. His ears are open to their prayers so that if in any injuries be offered to them, they have this remedy. They may complain of it to their heavenly Father whose ears are always attentive to the prayers of his servants in their distresses and who will certainly aid them against their unrighteous enemies. You can have many happy days. Many happy days. Know that happiness is not based on feelings. Master your mouth. Walk what you talk. Fight for peace. Then the eyes of the Lord are on those who are righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. I just want to end this time by just letting it sink in. That sure, you're going to have storms. Count on them. It's easier if you just count on something might happen for you to prepare your mind right now for them. How do you think those uh, lifeguards or um, who are those people that go out there on the seas all the time and search and rescue? Coast Guard people, how they train. They train in the worst of situations so that when in a confined and, and, and uh, controlled environment, so that when they're thrown out there on the seas and everything is uncontrollable, that they'll know exactly what they need to do. Well, that's what we need to do. When it comes altar time at church, you need to get into that area. Okay, God, so in my mind, I'm going to resolve right now that when the storm comes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say over and over again, God, you have offered me your peace. I accept your peace. I accept your peace. I know that if I don't worry about anything, I'll pray about everything. I'll thank you for all I have, and I'll know then that your peace will rest in me and that your peace will guard my heart and mind in those storms. And I'll use those storms, God, to bring you glory so that if my neighbor goes through that same storm, I can go to them and offer them that same peace that you're offering me right now, that you will be their anchor in those storms. So go ahead and when, you, when you're given opportunities in church for altar time, 
think through those things and, and get resolute in how you're going to stand and how you're going to fight for peace and how you're going to be in those storms so those storms don't take you by surprise. No one likes to be taken off guard, taken by surprise. And now what am I going to do? Because then where does all the worry and all the doubt come in? Right there. There's the open door. But get ahead of God. Not ahead of God. Get ahead of your storm right in the face of God. And God, I, I don't want to look around me. I don't want to look at the waves. I'll look right at you. Remember, Jesus said that to Peter. Keep your eyes on me, Peter. And you can walk on the storm. You can walk over the storm. In all these things, you're more than conquerors. So I want us to just take a few minutes. Kevin's going to play that song for us by Casting Crowns. I'll praise you in the storm. So that you can set where you're setting. You can get up here at the altar. You can walk around the building. You can yell out if you need to. Or you can be quiet. Or you can sing out. Whatever you need to do. And let's just take the next few minutes and just get right before God. And if we need to ask for forgiveness for maybe the doubts or the worries that we've been doing, or maybe we haven't been fighting for peace the way we should, take this time to do that. Um, Kevin, so if you could just play that song for us. And when that song ends, I'll come back up and I'll close out. Peace, 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 peace. You can have peace. Jesus said, I have given you my peace in all these things. In all these things, you can have peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation the Lord be with you all. John 14.27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift of peace, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Peace. Be fighters of peace. Then you will see many happy days. Father, I just thank you for this time that we've had today and over these last few weeks to just be able to dig into your word together and know what it means, Lord, to have true happiness, God. And it is a mindset. It is within us. It's knowing that you are God, period. We don't need to do anything else. But know you, trust you, believe you, God, and let you live your life, your plan, your purpose for our life through us. We just surrender to you. Have your way, God. In us and through us, God. Help us to be those fighters of peace that will go after those, Lord, that are living in that turmoil, that animosity, that that just that uneasiness, Lord, and fight for peace in their lives as well. God, and help them be reconciled back to you and back to each other. Lord, help us be fighters of peace, not avoiders, but fighters of peace. For your peace is worth it. God, you have given us a peace that guards our heart and mind and keeps us in all these things. 
We just thank you for that. God, have your way, Lord. Continue to just reveal your word and reveal yourself to us every day. Help us to change and grow bigger and better for your glory. Not our glory, but for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.